Welcome to the NPL Sunday Night Show, powered by the Brisbane Football Review. Hosted by Scott Owen. Well, firstly, what a surprise Adam goes through a game at Morton Bay. And Adam Pace. I was gonna say, I was actually gonna say, yep, that's that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Let's let's go have this one. Your weekly NPL recap starts now. Okay, welcome on to another edition of the Brisbane Football Warriors NPL Sunday Show. It is Scott and Adam, as usual, as we recap everything that happened in the weekend of Queensland football. Adam, how are you? I'm good, Scott. How are you? I'm very good. It's been a, you know, almost full weekend of football after potentially being rained out on Friday night. We're all a bit concerned. We got through the majority of the weekend unscathed. Yeah, it's good to see that. Yeah, that uh, yeah, we got majority of games through. A couple of games uh, that were lost uh, from f- a few of our more vulnerable uh, grounds ar- around the league. But uh, yeah, at least we can almost say that we uh, had a full weekend of football. At least the sun was out for most of it. It was, and things are almost getting back to normal. We'll, we'll start our weekly recap, as usual, with the NPL Men's Competition Adams. Round 10 it was, and we'll start with the game which we covered on Saturday night out at Goodwin Park. Olympic FC 4, Gold Coast Knights 1, 2 goals for Keegan Yelichich, 1. 1 for Daniel Leck and 1 for Shannon Brady. Luke Beckwith got a goal back for Gold Coast Knights, but this was a very comfortable win in the end for Olympic FC. Well, they took the lead early, and... Apart from about a five-minute stretch there in the end of the first half, it looked very comfortable for the home side. Yeah, uh, Olympic, obviously, they, they laid a marker down against one of their their traditional sort of uh, big, big uh, four rivals. Uh, but, yeah, this was, uh, this was, I think, a unanimous points decision pretty much to um, Olympic. I think, look, the score might have flattered uh, just a touch. I think uh, Gold Coast Knights were good in parts, but at the end of the day, the, the main headline stat is... Uh, Four goals to one, and uh, and and yeah, Olympic. I think really sort of you know, you know put later market down as far as the rest of the league, as far as uh, where they're at the moment. They most did two goals from Keegan Yelichich, both from the penalty spot. Adam, it's fair to say both of those were pretty clear cut decisions. The second in particular was there was no arguing it. Yeah, yeah, no, two two very straightforward uh, decisions there. Uh, the the Josh Langdon uh, sort of did clip. Dick Clipper, Shannon Brady for the for the first uh, penalty take, and uh, and uh, yeah, Keegan Yelchich put it away with a plum, and then uh, the the second penalty uh, where where Daniel De Silva pretty much sacrificed himself, um, which I'm it was a strange one because I, I really do think that you know make make it two uh, nil. To, to, to sort of, you know, to, to intentionally, you know, stop stop a um, goal-scoring opportunity, I didn't think he really needed to do that. I thought that, you know, Knights were playing well enough to, you know, even at 2-0 down, to potentially at least, you know, you know pull, pull back. But, uh, yeah, it had to be a reflex action or, you know, a brain explosion or something because I really didn't think it think it was very necessary. It, it, it reminds me awfully a lot of... Uh, uh, Luis Suarez in the, at the World Cup in I uh, want to say 2010, yeah. Where, but uh, yeah, there's a long way from a World Cup quarterfinal to a round uh, round 10 MPL game. I think Enrique got sent off for the raw way back in the day, or something very similar, taking a deliberate handball, not mm. in the penalty area, but it was a deliberate handball. But it was pretty blatant from Daniel De Silva. I can understand what happened. It's a reflex action, as you said, and really, it's just. 
unfortunate the way it panned out that way. But with Olympic, that's 13 goals for the week, Adam, including their big win in the cup, which we might talk about later on. That that the going forward in particular, they look like they're in really good form. And given the long layover they've had in between games, that must be incredibly pleasing for Ben Khan, you'd imagine. Oh, you think so? And but I think we've always said that you know the the attack that that Olympic possesses that they are going to be um that that's going to be their their strong suit. I think where where I think that they need to to strengthen up, especially with the transfer window, you know, come opening up shortly, is defensively. Uh, I think the goal the goal that they conceded would be a little disappointing uh, from Ben Khan's point of view. Uh, it was sort of a, a lazy sort of play at the back and uh, Luke Beckwith was was on hand to pretty much you know, dribble through a couple of you know, defenders and toe poke past uh, Lockyanda, which is great for him. That was, I believe that's his maybe his first goal, uh, senior goal. I have to have to check that. But it's, uh, yeah, but I think that might be the only sort of downside on that. But other than that, uh, yeah, their um, Olympics go... You know, attacking weapons, they seem endless. It was certainly his first goal in the league. I can tell you that much off mm. just quickly, but I mean, he might have scored in the cup, but you're right. It was a good finish from young Luke Beckwith. With Knights in general, Adam, I mean, this is, we haven't we've seen him play a couple of times now in the league. And apart from that second half in round one, it just seems like it's not quite clicking at the moment to me. I'm not sure if you agree or if you saw something different in their performance. Uh, it's it's very inconsistent. Like that, it's it seems to be rocked to diamonds with them at the moment. They can play some really really nice football times, and you know really sort of you know, threaten. And other times it's just uh, they just seem to get you know, overrun a little bit, and it's sort of you know, really sort of you know, on the back foot. It's uh, I thought I thought Mitch Nichols um had had a good game. I think he tried as best as he could, which you know even even he. He, even he sometimes seems to go float in and out of games uh, on occasion, especially in the league. Uh, and, and yeah, but uh, it's just, I think it'd be the inconsistency of the performance at the moment that would be frustrating Scott McDonald because when when they are switched on, they are they are very formidable. And you even saw signs in the game uh, last night, but uh, other times they, they 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 sort of you know uh, you know have themselves to blame really. Absolutely, for sure. Now, after the game, we'll cut up with the head coach of of Olympic FC, Ben Carner, beg your pardon, until Ben had to say after he started a 4-1 win over Gold Coast Knights on Saturday night. I joined the coach of Olympic, Ben Carner. Ben, 4-1 winners here over Gold Coast Knights. You must be really pleased with that result. Yeah, it's a good result. Um, yeah, to, you know, to beat any of the other sort of top four sides or big sides, um, you know, by a nice margin like that. So, yeah, good feeling after the long break, yeah. Was the first goal really crucial in games like this? Um, I think so. I think, you know, often, you know, both of us, both teams generally defend well. Um, and I think, yeah, the first goal was important. Having said that, I, um, you know, I, I certainly wasn't comfortable at 1-0 and I, I would have been equally, um, you know, I would have thought we were still in it if we'd conceded first. But, yeah, important in, in the way it played out. Uh, 13 goals for the week, I think it is, including the Cup game midweek. You must be really happy with the way the front, the, the attack in general is flowing, including the midfield players. Yeah, yeah, look, we've got lots of goals in us. The boys are boys are really fluid, doing really well. Um, ironically, I thought first half we um, we were a bit sloppy going forward. Thought we built up really well. Um, thought we defended really well, but thought we, um, we lacked a bit of cutting edge in the front third and a bit of a final pass. Uh, but yeah, second half it came together a bit. Um, there's been a fair, fair old gap between games before the midweek came in the cup. How did you handle that gap in terms of dealing with the team, in terms of trying to keep the team ticking over? Were you able to do anything or was it just we, a matter of waiting? We just, just had to do the best we could. Yeah. Uh, we, we made use of the, the gym, the hall, 
um, the, the small AstroTurf here. Uh, yeah, went went off off location a couple of times, but yeah, it looked like everybody else. There were certainly the the days where we could do very little, and we just had to try and make sure that we get enough done so that when we come back, uh, you know, we're not we're not risking too many injuries. So, yeah, hopefully hopefully we're um, we've survived and, and we've got the squad ready to go. Yeah, we're at the midway mark of the season now, but there's obviously a lot of games postponed. So the back end of the year is going to be heavily heavily congested with fixtures midweek and all the rest of it. How are you going to deal with that as a coach in terms of trying to trying to maintain the priority of each fixture, but having so many games in a short period of time? Yeah, look, I think um, looking at looking at our fixture list for June and July, it's um, it's pretty full on. Uh, I think that I think we, you know, it works out that bar a couple of weeks, we've got a, a game nearly every midweek. So yeah, we'll we'll do the best we can to manage the squad, and I'm sure sure a lot everyone everyone else along with us will lose a couple along the way. And, where we're, uh, where we need good depth and we need the, the other boys to step up and we need the squad to be strong but yeah we'll manage it as best we can. So then just finally the Australia Cup round six draw came out. Do you make your thoughts on the matchup? Yeah look it's um, could, could have been better could have been worse. Um, <laughs> look Logan away is a tricky game the pitch isn't always great there and you know they're, they're a good side got good players uh, good people throughout their club so they'll be hungry to win the game and, and, and I'm sure it'll be a really tough one. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll do everything we can to get through that. Breathless to the win and good luck. Yeah, thanks, for, thanks very Cheers. much. Cheers. Thank you. And thank you to Ben once again for his time there at Goodwin Park on Saturday night. We'll move on to the rest of the round now, Adam, in round number 10, starting up at your, in your neck of the woods at Walter Park between Lions SC and Morton Bay. It was a 3-1 win for the visiting Lions on this occasion. Second half goals from Fletcher McDonald, Andy Thompson, Alex Fechner gave Lions a 3-0 lead for a late goal from Will Edmiston gave Morton Bay a goal back, a bit of consolation, Adam, but it seems like it was close for about an hour up there and then the um, the class of Lions told through. Yeah, that, that's uh, pretty much the tale of the tape that uh, Morton Bay did the best they could to serve, you know, to, to go, go go with Lions, but then they when they obviously went up a gear and, uh, yeah, that was pretty much in the section. But uh, uh, Morton Bay have got Lions in round six of the... Uh, of the Australia Cup, so perhaps some clues or maybe holding back of things might be sort of at hand uh, as far as a matchup in which should be in a couple of weeks' time. We'll have to wait and see what happens when they meet in the Australia Cup in a couple of weeks' time. The other game played on Saturday night was down at um, John Fredericks Park between Capalabar and Brisbane City. It was a 6 1 win for the visitors. Goals from Fraser Hills, Sam Subatuara, Brandon Rees, Arthur Antonis, Yuta Hirayama, and Kai Bolton gave. City a pretty comfortable win here and three points which were much needed for Matt Smith's side. Yeah, uh, when we spoke to, uh, well, we spoke to Matt Smith, uh, I, I believe that, yeah, that, that before About this game got, now. yeah, just before this game got rescheduled, that they, they did highlight the um, this Capalabar game as, you know, a game that they, they really need to win to boost their, to boost their confidence and, uh, and sort of their, their position on the ladder. And they did just that in emphatic style. But, uh, yeah, uh, 6-1, it sees them sort of shoot up the ladder and a good goal difference, uh, or at least repairing that goal difference for Capalabar. I just think, yeah, they're, they're not on the same level at the moment. There's 51 goals now they have conceded uh, in 12 games this season. Uh, that's There's big problems there. And, and even at this stage with half a season to go, I think their chances of survival are, you know, are diminishing by the moment. 
they do appear to be the outlier as things currently stand at the bottom of the table. Capalaba, one game played on Sunday, Adam, was out at Cornubia Park between Logan Lightning and Peninsula Power. It was a 3-0 win for the visiting Power. Two goals from young Malachi Lovesmira and one for Josiah Hitchcock. The generation next getting on the score sheet and leading Power to a win here, Adam. Yeah, um, yeah, Lovesmira and Hitchcock on, on score on scoreboard again uh, as a repeat of what they did on Wednesday night against Gold Coast Knights in the Australia Cup. So that, that's obviously, um, that'd be pretty pleasing for for the uh, the coaching staff, I suppose we can call it, uh, up at uh, Pinchel Power. This is the, uh, the nickname is the Rick Coughlin Derby, even though Rick Coughlin does commence in a uh, for Pinchel Power shortly. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, uh, it's just good to see that they are that, that, that a good three points uh, for potential power. I think it's a game they, they probably need to win at least to stay in touch with uh, Lions and Olympic, who seem to be running away at the moment at the top of the ladder. Don't get yourself in trouble, Adam. But in all seriousness, Malachi <laughs> loves Samira, two goals and, a, and basically an assist in this game as well. So it's good to see. It was a young player. We saw him break on the scene last year. This year, he's only added more output in terms of goals to his game. He scored his fourth goal of the league season today, so it's good to see a young player really making steps forward. Yeah, yeah, and this is what you wanted to see, that you know, last season was just a taste. I would dare say that you know, he's, sort of, he's sort of on the fast track as well, but probably by the end of the season you could almost say that you know, he, he probably deserves, he'd be probably starting uh, in a MPL senior team, and at his age, uh, that's, that's a fairly fairly good achievement. He he, But he is, um, we've sort of see it for a while that he is obviously a prospect for the future he most certainly is now there are two games which have been postponed from this week and Gold Coast United and Sunshine Coast Wanderers will be caught up at some point in the future and the other game in the round Adam Eastern Suburbs and Brisbane Raw Academy will be take place tomorrow night so keep an eye out for that one we'll have a quick look at the table now and not much has changed Lions remain top of the table on 28 points followed by Olympic 23 Peninsula Power 22 Gold Coast Knights 16, Gold Coast United 14, Sunshine Coast Wanderers 12. Brisbane City with that win, they're up in 7th place on 11 points. And Easter also on 11. Morton Bay 8, Logan 8, Brisbane Royal Academy 8, and Capalabar 3. So it just proves what we were talking about last weekend, Adam. One result can see you move from the bottom bottom third of the table to a mid-table position quite comfortably. Quite yeah, comfortably, it, it does, and uh, it sort of does underscore that you know it, it's a big game tomorrow night for uh, the young Roar against East because a win there, all of a sudden that that puts them not that they're in any danger. Let us let's be clear again from the discussion from last week they cannot be relegated, but obviously as well. Uh, Sitting in eleventh place and having that safety, I, I think is certainly something that Chris Grossman and the whole the whole sort of you know academy staff there do not want to fall back on. So a big game, big game tomorrow night over at Heath Park, and uh, yeah, a win for the young Raw, and all of a sudden they uh, they can jump up in the ninth. Alternatively, East could move to within a couple of points of the finals if they get the result. So it's That's a very, very big contest that one Monday night football out at Heath Park. We'll move on to. The MPL women's competition now, Adam, where there were only a couple of games played this weekend, unfortunately. Starting on Saturday night out there at John Fredericks Park, Palabar received two, Morton Bay United one, Jasmine Janowski, Kelly Crew with the goals for Capalabar, Sam Bamlin with a goal back for Morton Bay, but back to back wins now for Capalabar. And after maybe a bit of a slow start to the year, they seem like they're finding their feet quite nicely. They've beaten grand finals from last season. 
yeah, Kapalabar came out like a house on fire to to kick off this game. This was the other game uh, we covered on Saturday night. Uh, Jasmine Genovese, yeah, open scoring with a great uh, great uh, shot from from out wide to to get get it going. And then, but Morton Bay, to their credit, they they really started to come back and uh, and sort of yeah, you know, they really sort of you know, pushed pushed hard forward equaliser. They they end up getting rewarded uh, early on in the second half from a set piece with Sam Bambling was on the spot to put away. But uh, Kelly Crew, the as we as we know her as the uh, Brisbane Raw women's uh, A League women's uh, assistant coach with a long range bomb to to beat uh, Bella Shuttleworth and to to pretty much win the game. I think that she's I don't think she scores the two regularly, but that was a very very good goal uh, to to claim all three points for Kapalaba and sees them climb up to second on the ladder. Absolutely. If you're only going to score goals every now and again, you might as well make them extremely spectacular when you do. The other game from round three, Eastern Suburbs won, Sunshine Coast Wanderers won. This was a game played on Sunday night out there at Heath Park. Sophie Pearson opened the scoring for the Eastern Suburbs before a penalty from Chanel Harris gave the Wanderers a share of the points. Again, the NPL women's is incredibly even. I think this game pretty much encapsulates it, doesn't it? Yes, uh, that's, that's pretty much it. I think that, uh, yeah, from... from uh, Two down to nine. I think that the the, the biggest can keep on taking results off each other and points off each other because um and this is another tight tight contest. I think both sides are of of a uh, a decent standard and uh, like I said they I think uh, win wins are going to be a premium yeah as far as the chase for second beyond because I think obviously Lions are idle this week on a bye, but obviously, you know, they, they are the standard bearers at the moment. But uh, yeah, the games against uh, against most the other sides in the league, uh, they, they all seem to be competitive at the moment. Absolutely. I won't go through the table in too much detail this week, Adam, because there's only a couple of games played, but it's very, very similar the way it was. Lions now have an eight-point lead over Capalabar ahead of QAS and the Wanderers rounding out the top four. And again, the NPL women's, it's its really unfortunate at the moment, the fact that, uh, that that's the competition more than any other, Adam, where there's a lot of postponed games and there's still not a lot of games. A lot of teams haven't played a lot of games yet, is what I should say. Yeah, it, it, again, yeah, the, the latter is... is is very very fragmented at the moment. It's you know five 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 to six games I think is the most. That, I think five games are the most that any team has played, and that's that's Lions. So it's still early days in in that league. But uh, look, so far so far we're seeing that it is it is a very very competitive league once you take Lions out of the picture, and I think that's uh, it's go, it's going to be a very very interesting race for the finals. It most certainly will. We'll move on to the FQPL now, starting off in the men's competition. On Friday night, a West, Western Pride 5, Redlands United 2. Two goals from Jack Webb in that one. Mitchelton 1, Southwest Queensland Thunder 1. Adam Edgar and Luke Butel on the score sheet there for their respective sides. Rochdale Rovers 3, Sunshine Coast Fire 1. Two goals from Ole Nikakahinde and one from Marek Madley gave the points to the league leaders in that one. Final game of the round, Ipswich Knights 4, Brisbane Strikers 3. Goals from Tariq Hamad, Emmanuel Peter, Yongyu Yu and Matthew McGilvery for... Ipswich Knights, two goals to Jordan Freena. Not enough for the strikers. We'll go through the games in a bit of detail now, Adam. We're going back to Friday night. That's a massive result for Western Pride against the Redland side, who we spoke about last week. They've gone really well to start. They haven't seen a lot of goals. They go out to Western Pride and the and the Pride put five past them. That's a massive result for, for them, no doubt about it. And as they look to now push for potentially a top four position. 
Yeah, I think Redlands uh, they might might be victims of uh, coming off a bye and then you know so straight into this uh, contest against the Western Pride side. They're obviously uh, fighting their feet, and I think. Uh, even though I think you could probably call an upset in the context of the league at the moment, I don't think you can write off Western Pride. They're, uh, they're starting to amass results to the point where, you know, they're turning this into a five-way sort of go for four spots as far as finals go. And if they if they claim uh, a victory against uh, Ipswich Knights in the rescheduled derby, uh, they're only one point behind. So... They, 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 they are playing well enough, and uh, Briggs Road has certainly uh, proven to be a fortress for them. Absolutely. The other games, I mean, it's a great weekend for Rosa Rovers, isn't it? They've seen all their title rivals drop points. Just, to they've got, um, Ro- just spoke about Redlands, beg your pardon. They dropped points. Thunder dropped two points away from home. Strikers lost at home, and Roadstar get the win. That's a, If you look at it in the broad context, Adam, that's, that's a huge win for Roadstar Rovers in terms of the fact they've now got a bit of a lead at the top of the table and and it looks like it looked quite good for them and it's always great if you can get points and your rivals drop them. Absolutely, I think, yeah, but I think Roach will be the happiest of all the clubs from at, at the end of this weekend and uh, look, a good win against the Fireside at the moment who's who's probably, you know, going with confidence as well given given that, you know, they've got maybe one eye on uh, the on the Australia Cup as well, which we'll get to in a sec, but uh so they're they're going they're going quite well, uh, but uh, yeah, Rochdale at the moment I think they're in the uh, in the box seat as far as as the uh, FQPL one uh, premiership goes, but it in well at least it's in their hands. Absolutely. So looking at the table now, Rosa Rose sit top of the table on twenty three points ahead of the Thunder on twenty, Roadlands nineteen, Brisbane Strikers nineteen, Western Pride fifteen, Magpies fifth, Magpies twelve. They're in. Cap action, we'll get to that later on, but they're on 12 points. Caboolture, 12. Sunshine Coast Fire, 11. Southside Eagles, 8. Mitchelton, 7. And Idris Knights, 7. So even at the bottom end of the table now, Adam, things are tightening up quite significantly there as well. Yeah, I think I think an Ipswich Knights win over um, Strikers tonight. I think that that's a, that's a big upset, which, you know, puts them back in the pitch as far as trying to avoid uh, relegation or avoid the, the playoff for relegation. So, um yeah, I think I think at both ends of the table, FQPL one is going to be a fascinating sort of contest for the rest of the season. It most certainly will, and so too will FQPL two. Where there were before we get to the weekend fixtures, we'll, go, we'll I'll read through the three midweek round games played from round ten: Tringa Rovers four, North Star nil, Holland Park four, Coomera two, and Surface Paradise held at home two all against Virginia United. There, they were the three midweek games. Adam, we'll look. We'll talk about the weekend games in round 12 now. In Surface Paradise, 7, South United, 2. So they bounce back in style. Two goals from Teddy Watson and Sam King each in that one. Grains Thistle, 3. Sanford, Ro- Sanford Rangers, 1. Goals from Matt Hornby, Josh Ahern and Nick Riley gave the points to the visitors there. Wynnum Wolves, 2. Albany Creek Excelsior, 2. Coomera Colts, 6. Virginia United, 2. Four goals from Alavo Santos for the home side there. And the game played today, Holland Park. Hawks three, North Star nil, two goals from Kyle Borg, one for Connor McCauley for the visitors there. It does prove, Adam, that those those half dozen or so fixtures across the last seven days, that the presumption that Surface Paradise and, and Albany Creek Excelsior might have things their own way, that's clearly not going to be the case. They both drop points in the last seven days, and it could very well be a sign that teams are starting to figure them out, perhaps. 
Yeah, uh, FQPL two. It's uh, the the midweek games into the weekend games. I think uh, one thing's for certain that perhaps that um, you know games, you know, games coming every three or four days may not suit some sides. Look, I I, I point the attention to uh, Virginia. They they go to Lexbell Oval on a Wednesday night and and uh, take a point from the undefeated perfect league leaders before and then they they didn't come out on Saturday night and they find themselves six nil down to the bottom place Coomer Colts chasing their first one of the season before getting two consolation goals. So as far as form line goes, that, that goes sort of out the window. Uh, but to the point, and obviously Surface Paradise, uh, Polo then bounced back and put seven on Souths. Albany Creek as well, dropping points to Wolves. Look, Wolves are, look, Wolves are a good team. Uh, I think they will they will give trouble um, if if um, if you know, they're they're allowed to. So I think Albany Creek also dropping points as well. That did a favour for Surface. So it's a like I think there's going to be some results there. I think even Grange Thistle now starting to to start uh, you know finding their their form. They're the you know, last year's grand final winners. Uh, so so yeah. So I think that while. It was starting to shape up as a foregone conclusion about FQPL two that you know surface paradise first, a second and daylight third. I think there's, there's certainly a number of sides in the chasing pack that can certainly uh, turn out to be uh, spoilers. It's tightening up, no doubt about that. Didn't Wolves actually trouble Albany Creek when they played in the first, the first go round out at uh, Walter Park as well? That was a at least about an hour, so that was quite an even I contest. I believe. Wasn't it? I believe they did from memory that yeah the ace had to sort of you know, really sort of scramble late to to get all three points. So then they obviously may have learnt uh, from from the first meeting. That, and that look that may also be the other thing. Now that we are say getting to the reverse fixtures, uh, lessons learnt from round one. Like obviously we're going from from last season. Albany Creek and Surface Paradise are new teams on the block. There may not be as much scouting on so, as some of the other clubs. So maybe after the first meeting. You know, you know that there might be some, there might be a bit more scouting and you know, maybe ways to beat them. And so, look, the the result, these different results and sort of interesting results may not may not end here. Absolutely for sure. We'll look at the table now in FQPL two. Surface Paradise lead the way on thirty one points. Albany Creek twenty six points with a game in hand, and you have Holland Park twenty, Magic on twelve with a number of games in hand. Winnem Wolves on twelve with a couple of games in hand. Samford, 11, with plenty of games in hand. So those teams could potentially close up the gap. Then you have South United, 10, Turinga, 8, Grange Thistle, 7, North Star, 7, Virginia, 7, and Coomera Colt, 6. So it does seem like there's now actually some real tears to the table in FQPL 2, doesn't it, Adam? It does, yeah. And I said again, it's going to be a battle. It might be for the premiership. It may The battle may be between uh, Surface Paradise and Albany Creek. Obviously, there's going to be. It looks like there's going to be a real, you know, Royal Rumble on the uh, for the, you know, for the final two finals places as well. I think you know, you got Holland Park, you've got Wolves, you've got uh, Samford, you've got Magic Pro fighting out for the third and fourth place. And at the other end of the table, uh, all of a sudden, you know, Kuma, who sort of, you know, after one win, if they can, you know, repeat that dose uh, to a number of other teams around them. Uh, they they could certainly uh, they're not foregone conclusion to to go down to FQPL three North Star at the moment they're the ones form seems to be the ones that as the most boring at the moment and Virginia like 
Oh, Lazarus, as I explained before, who knows where their form's at? Absolutely, it's very intriguing. So what's the way? So what happens in the next couple of weeks? Plenty of fixtures to be played across all those competitions. Just quickly, Adam, in FQPL one women's, there was one game played midweek from round eight. Western Pride five, Southwest Queensland Thunder nil. A hat trick for Abby Lloyd in that game. The game's played over the weekend. I'll, I won't go through it. It's across a whole bunch of different rounds. So it's from round eight. Peninsula Power two, Virginia United nil. Goals from Kira Lee Phillips and Isabel Wood. Two games on Saturday from round seven. Mitchelton five, Brisbane City one. A, a hat trick for Kaylee Poufroy there for Mitchelton. The other game played on Saturday. Western Pride four, the gap nil. A Megan McGilligan hat trick there for the Pride away from home in that one. And played today on Sunday a round six game between Southwest Queensland Thunder and Logan Lightning. Two goals for Lana Hark gave the Thunder a 2-1 win in that one. So five games there, Adam, over three different rounds. And it seems Western Pride are starting to find some real form. Nine goals scored across two games, and they may be looking like Peninsula Power's biggest threat for the Premiership this year. Yeah, we'll talk about that before we uh, came on and recorded that uh, in NFQPL1 women, uh, that, that, yeah, it looks, it looks like perhaps that Western Pride of the team that all of a sudden have stood up and could be the main main sort of rivals as far as stopping uh, potential powers march to uh, to the uh, premiership at the moment. Uh, Brisbane City, sort of, you know, their form is sort of, you know, of real concern. We thought we thought uh, their, their escape out jail two-all draw with Logan Lightning last week might have been um, an anomaly, but yeah, uh, Mitchie all of a sudden gave him a right roll hammering on um, Saturday afternoon, so maybe maybe their, their form is sort of, of, of worry, so so Mitchelton, I think, obviously as well, as long as uh, Kay Puffroy is is really sort of, you know, scoring the goals at will, I think they're always a threat. And uh, here, Logan, I think that was um, that's a, that's a big loss, I think, to uh, to Thunder. No doubt. Actually, the Western Pride Peninsula Power do play this week, actually, scheduled on the um, 8th of June. So that could be a very interesting matchup. Up at AJ Kelly Park was a 1-0 win for Peninsula Power when they played earlier in the season. So we'll have to see what happens if they can get the points at home again this week, they do do lead the league as we look at the standings on 21 points ahead of ahead of Western Pride. They have a three-point lead and a game in hand. So it's 21 points for Peninsula Power, 18 Western Pride, 14 points for Brisbane City, Mitchelton 12, Southwest Queensland Thunder 9, Virginia 7, the Logan Lightning 5, and the gap yet to get off the mark. So it very much appears now a race in two for the promotion spots in FQPL1, Adam. Yeah, no, I think unless there's a, a monumental reversal of form one way or another, I think that might they might be the two. I think with some pride, I think the, the players they've got uh, in uh, Meg McGilligan and Abby Lloyd leading that leading that line, as long as they're they're playing, they're, they're scoring goals. Uh, Western Pride always going to be a threat, but but against that much vaunted uh, potential power defence. Absolutely. So that's all the league action for this last seven days, Adam. However, there's been plenty of cup action. We'll start with. The Australia Cup fixtures played in the last seven days. You want to run us through the um, the scores and the notable headlines from those matchups? Yep. Well, we'll, we'll go. We'll start with the games that were completed this week. So, um, obviously, on Tuesday night, uh, Olympic Nine defeated Redcliffe Dolphins of FQPL four uh, two. The I guess the most noteworthy line from that that uh, it was two all with it's in the 68th minute uh, before. Olympic piled on seven goals in 22 minutes. So obviously their their superior fitness came out there. And I do believe Zach Kipal 
Brad, six goals. Yes, he did. A very good so, win there for Olympic and also plenty of goals for Zach Kierpal. Yep. Um, also, the other results. Uh, Logan Lightning were victorious 2-1 over Pine Hills in the other Tuesday night game on Wednesday night. Uh, a bit of an upset with Southside Eagles, three beating Eastern eastern Suburbs of MPL 1, uh, MPL 3-1. Um, Bayside United went down 4-0 to Rochdale Rovers. Sunshine Coast Wanderers, 2-1 winners over Mitchelton. Um, and and Peninsula Power were 2-0 winners over over Gold Coast Knights in the big uh, all-MPL showdown. As, as we said earlier, Joseph Hitchcock and Love, Malachi Love Samira were the goal scorers. And, that, and the other game as well was uh, a bit of controversy was Gold Coast United uh, being awarded a forfeit, uh, a 3-0 walkover result over Mucidor Swans. A uh, few sort of, you know, I guess I would like to call it some unsavory sort of, you know, allegations on how that went down as far as that. It's, I, I, it's, I think, something that now FQ needs to sort of, in a way, answer for. I think the ex- expectation of asking Mouchidor on a very, very short turnaround to travel from Mouchidor all the way down to Telabadra for a cup game midweek, uh, it's, you can see why Mouchidor said, you know what, we're just gonna we're just gonna forfeit, and it's it's not it's not a great look. I know it's an impossible situation, but look, to be honest, I think you know, if in my opinion, I think football queens they need to do more to you know to really sort of at least you know you know try and save save that game and at least have it played. I think that's that should be the important thing. I think no one wants to see walkovers like this because of travel concerns. It's very difficult and very unfortunate given the torrential rain that we've had here in southeast Queensland that that matchup could not be scheduled for the weekend. We'll have to wait and see if FQ managed to change the way they go about things for next year. But I think the hand they've been dealt this year has been very, very difficult, no doubt about that. Just quickly back to the game which you mentioned, Gold Coast Knights and Peninsula Power. We did cover that match and it was a pretty comfortable win for Power, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think uh, potential power. I think uh, what they they eventually won. It was, a, it was an arm wrestle as we expected in these cup ties. Uh, that you know, Gold, Gold Coast Knights sort of matched it with with them, but as soon as that first uh, goal went in for power, that was pretty much the way I think it was going to go. I think it, it was it was always going to be first goal goal scorer was always probably going to most likely to win it. Absolutely. So looking ahead now at the round six ties, Adam, we won't worry too much about. Round seven at this stage, but Roadstar Rovers play host to Broadbeach United. Lions FC hosting Morton Bay. Gold Coast United host Peninsula Power. Southside Eagles against Sunshine Coast Fire. Logan hosting Olympic and Sunshine Coast Wanderers against Brisbane City. Is there a match up there which is which caught your eye when that when that set of fixtures came out for round six? Another match matchup I saw, which I cursed, was uh, Lions and, and Morton Bay. But that, look at that. That'll be that'll be a good game. I think. Uh, Obviously, a cup situation. Uh, you know, Morton Bay. I think it obviously proven over the years that they they have you know that they are two time qualifier for the national rounds of thirty two. But again, against Lions at the moment, top of the league. Uh, that, that that's that's going to be a, you know, a tough ask to go to the gold line and uh, get a result, but not impossible. Uh, probably Sunshine Coast and uh, Sunshine Coast Wanderers and. Um, 
and Brisbane City. I think that'll be the other game that I think that will be very, very interesting. I think that uh, their their first matchup in the league was a uh, was a, a crazy four three win to uh, so no, it was four all. Sorry, that game. Um, yep. Yeah, four all in in the league. So 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 yeah. So that that. That, that could be a very interesting tie, but uh, to go after midweek to Ballinger Park might be, you know, advantage uh, Sunshine Coast Wanderers on that. So, but uh, yeah, it's a good eclectic bunch of, uh, of of teams left in the draw. Absolutely, for me, it's actually, it's actually the two Sunshine Coast teams, Fire and Wanderers. We haven't had anyone from Sunshine Coast make it into the national round of thirty-two. We have had both the Fire and the Wanderers in round seven, and unfortunately fell short on both of those games. Actually, I think both times to Gold Coast Knights, if memory, memory, if memory serves correctly, it was though it was the Knights who knocked off both those sides in respective years when they made it to round seven. But a home tie, as you point great. out, for Sunshine Coast Wanderers are over against Brisbane City. That sets up quite nicely for them. And the form that Sunshine Coast Fire have been in away from home this year down in Brisbane, I don't think a trip to Memorial Park will be will be daunting for them. I think it certainly sets up an opportunity there for at least one of the Sunshine Coast sides to get through to round seven, potentially two. And for the Wanderers, we know how strong their home form is, Adam. I know if they would, they, if they do get through Brisbane City, they would, pl- they would play host to Lions and Morton Bay in round seven. But at home, you would always give the Wanderers a real shot. So I think this is the year perhaps we might see a Sunshine Coast side pushing more than ever before to make it to round seven. Yeah, the draw, the draw does set up Sort of, um, it does set up sort of you know, precariously for um, for both sides. We're talking about round seven. We've got the round seven uh, fixtures sort of you know here in front of us. Uh, potentially, obviously, if Sunshine Coast Wanderers were to win, they face either Lions or Morton Bay. Again, that game at home um, is probably crucial for uh, is crucial for. For Wanderers, in that case, Sunshine Coast Fire, on the other hand, uh, should they get past Southside Eagles, they will face the winner of Logan or Olympic away from home. So that might be a much tougher assignment. But as we say, with the Cup, anything can happen. It most certainly can. Speaking of anything that can happen in the Cup, do not take us through some of the Kappa Women's Super Cup results during the week? Uh, yep, uh, of, of the games uh, that were played... Uh, over the over the week, there were four games starting on Monday night, where Olympic uh, were five-on winners away from home at Mitchelton. Uh, Lions uh, were three-nil winners, defending champions over Peninsula Power. Uh, it also, as well, uh, on uh, on Tuesday night, Gold Coast United uh, beat QAS eight-nil, and uh, the the game around out the uh, Round four draw was Sunshine Coast Wanderers six, uh, knocking out the last uh, non non FQPL or MPL side uh, in Taringa Rovers. Uh, six goals to nil. Absolutely, so some very inter- good results there. Looking ahead, I can tell you the matchups for round five. Lions SC will host Olympic FC. You know, Sunshine Coast Wanderers against Gold Coast United. And South United hosting Morton Bay United. Obviously, there is a regional winner, which I might talk about in just a minute, Adam. But those th- those three matchups, they are think re- re- matchups we have seen before in the last couple of years. And it, it does set up potentially for Lions FC to play Gold Coast United, the one side who's given them more trouble than anybody else in the last couple of years in the in the semi-finals. So 
it's it's an intriguing draw the way it's set up in the in the Capital Women's Super Cup this year. It is obviously if you take away sort of Lions dominance and that you sort of expect them to serve sort of, you know, to to serve sort of, you know, run the board. But uh, yeah, look, uh, if it's any side that, that has proven historically to give them trouble, it is Gold Coast United. So if they were to get past uh, Olympic. In, in round five, that is the clash. Although, Sunshine Coast Wanderers uh, do stand in the way of Gold Coast United. A- another another home tie up at Ballinger Park as as well. I'm not sure if I'm not sure if the women get get the same sort of home field advantage as what the men seem to get. But um, obviously, travelling travelling potentially. I, I'm not sure whether these will be midweek. The round five going to be midweek or. Uh, on a weekend, I might might be on a weekend, as uh, obviously the the MPL women's schedule is a lot more sort of forgiving as far as you know, round. So so yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I think also as well the big the big matchup that I guess we haven't talked about is uh, South United versus uh, Morton Bay. That that could go any either way, and because the winner of that game will get the regional winner in the semi-finals. Absolutely, it's a very intriguing matchup, and that regional. Clash will be the winner of Clinton FC from Gladstone and Edgehill United from Cairns. So we'll have to wait and see which of those two sides progress. I'm not sure when that matchup is going to be played or who's hosting, unfortunately, but it will be Edgehill United of Cairns against Clinton FC from Gladstone to work out who the regional semi finals will be in the Kappa Cup. And actually, I forgot to mention there was one other Australia Cup fixture played this weekend yes, yep. up in Mackay. And it was a 4-2 win for Magpies Crusaders United over across the waves of, Bundab- of Bundaberg. They're 4-2 winners for Magpies. They will move on to round seven, playing away at Edge Hill United in a couple of weeks' time. A side which knocked them off in Mackay last year, Adam. And I'm sure they'll be looking at it thinking they, at home this time they can do it again. Yeah, uh, I think firstly on those uh, two matches of Mackay play of the weekend, our man in the in the booth, uh, James Coughlin, he he did sort of know that these are two very very good games. So it's good to see regional football sort of actually getting getting um, decent airplay, obviously on uh, the the live streaming sort of channels of uh, FQTV. But um, but yeah, look, uh, that's that's going to be a fairly intriguing round seven tie for all all the marbles as far as make it to the round of 32. As you said, Edge Hill went to Sludge and last year and, and beat Magpies Crusaders. I wonder if Magpies Crusaders are looking to head to Cairns and uh, and sort of, you know, give a bit of payback. That will most certainly be on their agenda. We'll have to wait and see if they're able to do that. Now, we will always wrap up the show with our performer of the week. I'll go first this week, Adam. I'll go for Olavo Santos from Coomera. Four goals at the weekend, two more midweek as well, so six goals since we last spoke. That's a outstanding return for a, for an attacking player. So I'll keep my performer of the week. What have you got for us this week? Oh, I'm mean, I mean, a match with six goals, and that's uh, my my man Zach Kierpole. I think uh, look look at the end of the day, it may it may be lower league opposition, but uh, six goals at any level is a special performance, you know. And uh, yeah, it's good to see Zach putting him away. It most certainly is. That'll do for the decision of the Brisbane Football Review's NPL Sunday show. Adam, thanks for joining me once again. Yeah, thanks, Scott. Uh, enjoy your football midweek in the NPL, FQPL, and all the catch-up fixtures being played as well as at the weekend. And we'll talk to you all again next weekend.